It's like it's Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup in the same podcast? <laughs> what? No, it's just big dog ball talk with your favorite honkies, Matt Eichhorn and Jordan Flegel. Talking all the, the best ball talk there is, uh, all about the NBA. Jordan, Super Bowl just ended. I had the Rams. You're kind of like a... We- you're like not a bandwagon like you've been like a no a yeah closet. Don't, don't call me that you've been like a, no you've been a closet Bengals fan for like a decade yeah like you've never actually been proud of it but you've been a Bengals fan and you've been sitting on it your I guess team was in the playoffs you know they make the Cinderella run but uh you know the Rams they were the team of destiny this year yeah obviously that, that the end of there was a little fucked up there were so many flags being thrown I know it was I think ridiculous both, but but at the end of the day, if you're a Bengals fan, I mean, you you got away with the offensive pass interference yeah. on Jalen Ramsey to start the the second half yeah. there, uh, which I thought was pretty clear that the that should have been called. But it is what it is. But I mean, overall, I'm happy. It was a good Super Bowl. It wasn't way, a bad one. Way, I mean, way better than last year. That that's all I'll say. Because last year was a, a, a blowout, yeah. almost from the beginning. Yeah. Really not fun to watch. So yeah, it was just just good football uh all the way through even like through the divisional rounds and everything what what a yep. what a great what a great year uh and for me because I, I don't even watch that much but uh, i was trying to get into it a little bit more this year and uh it's uh maybe we'll we'll start a football podcast uh next year matt what sure. do you think what do you think yeah big dog football talk <laughs> yeah, let's uh go. i i don't see why not man we'll uh <laughs> we'll change up the logo get the substitute the basketball in there yeah. put a football we, we can do we can do tennis hockey whatever you guys want whatever you want uh yeah just let us know <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll change the whole podcast yeah. one email um but yeah and and for everyone else that's listening uh you know if you're if you're one of our uh, our day ones one of our loyal followers uh you're listening to this uh on monday it's valentine's day and if you're listening to this on monday you're our valentine yeah. i mean me and jordan both have girlfriends but you know t- just don't tell them uh you're so much more special to us you you really see us for who we are you believe in us you know i, I just wish i could hold you jordan you want to get in on this no no you, you can hold them with me because i'm uh no, me, I'm no, me and you I, no no i want you here man i want your support i want you to at least watch i want to be touching you i, I don't know man I just feel hey, I feel very that. sensual today. All right, I feel all very right. sensual. Yeah, I can. And, and and I hope everyone else does. You know, uh, we're all, we're all about uh, you know having some fun here, uh, good consensual fun. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's a great time for Valentine's Day to line up. NBA All Star Weekend is uh, you know we're gearing up for it. Yeah. Uh, Friday's podcast, uh, we're going to be doing a lot of previewing for All Star Weekend mm-hmm. and a huge Wednesday special episode is going to be coming straight for you guys. Uh, as I said, uh, we're going to give it a little more of a tease. Maybe actually, no, we're going to announce it at the end of the episode. But again, yeah. it's a slam dunk of an episode. It's a 10 out of 10. Uh, you guys aren't going to want to miss it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, to get into the the meat and the potatoes of the episode today, Jordan, uh, let's kick it off. I mean, uh, we got to talk about uh, a couple of the games from the Saturday. Obviously, the NBA not trying to compete with the Super Bowl. Probably uh, a good call on their part. But yep. the Toronto Raptors just losing by the skin of their teeth to the Denver Nuggets. Uh, a very close game, you know. One of those games that makes you think, one, Jokic is a fucking beast, yep. you know, getting the block at the buzzer to seal the game for his Nuggets team. Uh, but on the other side of it, it's like, oh, hey, when you play a team that has a dominant center, the Raptors really aren't going to be able to, you know, answer back. And it, it was still, it was a one-point game. It came down to that last shot. Yeah. Uh, but overall, Jordan, I mean, what did you see from this one? Well, the refs screwed Siakam in this one, man. Uh, oh, 35 yeah. points, no free throws, not not a single free throw attempt uh, in this a game. A lot in the paint, too. Yeah. Oh, my God. He was, he was getting in there. He, he was, he's, he's just been playing so well, like one of the best players in the NBA over the past, you know, couple weeks. Um, mm-hmm. really, really looks like a good take on both our parts, having him on all our, uh, all-star teams. Um, but, uh, you know, aside from his great game, um, Fred, Freddie, he chipped in with 25, he was doing his thing. Um, but you know, OG who you mentioned it got blocked at the end there, uh, by Jokic, 
was just that was just kind of a you know a, a fitting end to a rough shooting game for him. He, yeah. he really uh, c- couldn't hit anything out there. Um, and and Jokic was just as he often does. He, Jokic plays really really well against you know anybody in the league, but he he has really good games against the Raptors. Like there's certain guys. Um, I remember freaking. Greg Monroe, when he was on the Pistons, he'd always have good games against the Raptors. Yeah, yeah. even just, when he was on the Bucks. Yeah, and even like Demarcus Cousins used to come into Toronto and just have like his best game of the yeah. year every single fucking year. Um, and I watched one live. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I watched an IT four and uh, Boogie, uh, and I think Tyreek Evans might have even oh, still been on the squad. It was the first yeah. Raptors game I ever went to, and I was like, "This is fucking bullshit." They lost <laughs> by like twelve. Yeah, one of those like classic like mid like two thousand uh, like twenty tens Raptors. Yeah, still holding. They called actually i think that was the first year lowry was on the team oh yeah i remember i bought his his number three jersey yeah uh, no i i maybe i i was a nostradamus but i think i just thought it was like new guy so it was cool yeah <laughs> um but yeah it, I, it it was a crazy you know one of those games that uh you know they're, they're always in it but they never get out of it yeah yeah uh but uh yeah it's 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 one of those kind of games the when they play the nuggets as well yeah uh yeah. you know OG really disappointed. Uh, I think all Raptors fans could probably agree on that. I mean, four for sixteen shooting. Yeah. Uh, he's he's got the potential to be such a scorer, and I know he's got kind of these this long injury history at this point. Yeah. Uh, and I think that sometimes you can tell he's not at a hundred percent. But with all these center woes, and I fucking don't like to say it, and people really like especially on like Twitter and stuff, Raptors fan base hate when anyone mentions it. But at the end of the day, eventually it's a tough pill to swallow, but people have got to realize this core isn't going to work. You're going to have to pick between like an OG or a Scotty Barnes or a Gary Trent Jr. You're going to have to eventually. It's not going to work with Siakam with a five. It's not. Yeah. It's simply not going to do it. And this is a perfect game. Like you could play like Siakam can literally have a perfect game yeah. and carry the team. But at the end of the day, there's a seven footer on the other end of the court. And I mean, to be fair, it's probably the best seven footer in the league. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it, when you are at that outmatched size wise, it does come into account. And I think that they, it maybe not next year, but in the next, you know, year and a half, you know, OGs old, like him and Scotty are almost comparable at this point. And Scotty's a lot younger. Yeah. I think if you can get some, uh, some value out of OG, he's got a tradable contract, uh, you know, you you could go out there and you could find yourself like a solid, like a, a starting center, no problem. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, you could get like an OG for Clint Capella swap. Yeah, yeah. I I wouldn't I wouldn't hate something like that. Although I still do like what OG brings to the table a lot. And this lineup, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. E- even though I I do agree with you, it, it can't be. It's not going to be something that you know takes you deep into the playoffs. You need other options, but th- this would be like a good uh, kind of like death lineup that you could throw out some of the time. For but, sure. Like, yeah. You yeah. you you see these guys like. Uh, that that's one of my big takeaways from this game too. Like I I, I have full faith uh, in Masai. He has, he's never let us down. Not, not once. Um, and you know, he's, mm-hmm, he's much mm-hmm. smarter than, than, than me when it comes to basketball decisions, but it just seems like, and we talked about it on trade deadline day, he didn't address the two biggest things that the Raptors needed. Like, uh, and they needed another ball handler. So it's not always mm-hmm. on Fred Van Vliet to, to be the only point guard on the team, basically. And they need a center. They need a, a good quality center. And they go and get Thaddeus Young, who's the one type of player that we don't need. So it's kind of frustrating <laughs> yeah, yeah. to give up, uh, to, 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 you know, send Dragic's contract out, which we thought could actually get us someone good. Plus our first round pick this year. Like th- th- those mm-hmm, are both mm-hmm. gone now. And, um, like you saw it even on the boards, like the Raptors, the, the, the Nuggets uh, had 50 boards to the Raptors, 35. Like they just got destroyed, creamed out there. They don't, they don't have anyone. And off their bench, my God, like I know we still don't, we, we, we don't have Thaddeus Young yet, but 
their highest bench score was four points each by Birch, Boucher, and Banton. That's it. 12 yeah. total points off the bench, which is just unbelievable for a team that, you know, fancies themselves as like a, a, a decent playoff team, especially this this point of the season. Like, I think we're, uh, as a fan base, getting higher aspirations as we go on. Like, we've been playing sure. well, but uh, it's just frustrating because you you see all the talent um, and, you know, the the good stuff happening this year. And, and you really do think if we had a good center and, you know, and, and then, you know, next down the line, like I said, a, another sort of ball handler guy who could back up Van Vliet, we could actually be dangerous. But um, you, you play a, a, a game like this, even though, you know, it is only a one point loss, we easily could have won this game. But um, it just shows you the sort of glaring weaknesses we still have. And uh, there's there's too much size. I mean, it's not like all the sizes out west we don't have to worry about it in the playoffs. Like we're gonna at some point, in, you know, the Raptors during the Eastern Conference playoffs are gonna go up against Embiid or Giannis or uh, you know any any number of the other big guys. Even like freaking uh, if they were to meet Atlanta, like a John Collins, like any sort of big guy at all that you would. Mm-hmm. I think the Raptors would would struggle with just because they they don't have the size. Like they're obviously really a switchy team, and uh, you know that can be a strength defensively too, but. Uh, they they just I, I really wish they had addressed the center hole that they have yeah. and and this game just just shows why they need that and I and I hope that you know my comments before don't make anyone think that I don't like OG because I love OG yeah, and no, I don't yeah. want to trade him but it's just one of those things that eventually you have to take a look ahead but and like you how dangerous how dangerous would this team be if they could put you know one of their starters right now if they could have moved one of them to the bench like whether it's sure, Scotty yeah. Barnes or even Gary Trent uh, like any that would uh, you know you're I like we're saying though, if, if it was a center that, that came into the starting lineup and pushed one of those guys uh, into a bench role, the, the starting lineup I think would still be just as potent because you're filling a, a need. And then you would actually have a decent, you know, bench score, you know, whoever that is that get pushed to the bench. So um, yeah, I, 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 I uh, totally agree that they, that is something they should have addressed. And I, I don't know if there's going to be a chance now the rest of the season, whether it's like the buyout market, the Raptors never hit on the buyout market. No one ever wants to, you know, no, uh, yeah, yeah. C- come play in Toronto and for uh, they're, they're not the exactly season. contenders this year either. No, exactly. So, you know, that that's not really going to be an option. But uh, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying about, you know, wanting the, the lineup change. But but, you know, uh, ideally, you still want to keep all these guys for now. But you got to make those tough decisions down the line if it's, yeah. you know, between uh, keep keeping your sort of core group or making an upgrade that, that you know, is going to improve your team. Well, and, and on the other side, of the, you know, we, we talk a lot about the Raptors, what went wrong. But, I mean, when you look at the Nuggets, the Jokic and the Jokic Jets, I mean, the Jokic Jets, mm-hmm. they played solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we were talking about, you know, the Raptors' lack of depth. Uh, again, these these guys have really come into true professionals. Uh, yeah. They, I mean, like a guy like Bones Highland, you know, he didn't have the greatest shooting night. But, like, you got to shout out a guy like that who pretty much came into the, the season with no expectations. Uh, no one thought he would even get any minutes. Obviously, some injuries and things go his way. Yeah. Uh, and he finds himself starting. But I mean, you know, that, that's a guy that you know you gotta give him credit that he's he's been able to step up when he when you know other players have been out. And you know, we're gonna talk a little bit about uh, some of these guys who've been out for the Nuggets later on in the podcast. Yeah. Uh, but again, Aaron Gordon, you know, four for nine, but he still chipped in thirteen and six. Uh, and, and I mean, even Jamichael uh, Green and Jeff Green are, yeah, are out Green. there trying their best. Yep. I mean, they're 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 fighting. They're they're putting in good minutes for their team. So, yep. uh, really, this is a testament game to you know how good Jokic is. Yep. And at the end of the day, it's a bad matchup for the Raptors. Yep. But it, it just exposes those holes. Like 
you know, because the Raptors and the, they they can beat in a playoff series. They could beat a team that doesn't have a dominant center. Yeah. Uh, again, like I, I I brought up Clint Capella earlier. Like they could obviously they wouldn't be matching up with the Hawks in the first round or like, probably definitely not the second round. Yeah. Uh, but like that's a team that they match up well with, even though you know Clint Capella is a, a big force down low. Uh, but you know they can exploit him. You know technical, uh, technical wise. They yeah. Can, uh, you know he's he doesn't have all the skills. But when you go up against, as you said, like a Jokic or an Embiid, yeah, uh, yeah. Or, or again he formerly uh, of the Indiana Pacers. You know Sabonis uh, in the East was someone who gave a lot of teams trouble because the you know there, there's just not a lot of dominant bigs in the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, even like a Bam out of Bio or yeah. Giannis, if you Giannis, if you want to classify him as uh, you know a guy because he plays so much down low. Yeah. Uh, there's no one who's going to be able to stop him unless you come up. Like Nick Nurse has great defensive game plans, uh, but at the end of the day, you can't teach size. You no. can't make up for size at the end of the day. Uh, that, that there's how, how we take that for data. Um, <laughs> but uh, also, you can't dictate when the refs don't give you a goddamn call. Yeah, because uh, the Raptors they've never had uh, they've never had the refs' hearts. No. Uh, I mean, they, they've definitely never been the referees' Valentine. Uh, but it's Hell no. it's hard to win when you can't even and when you lose at the buzzer, it's like man, one free throw trip. Yeah, that's the game. Yep. No, I know, I know. And uh, yeah, it, like overall, the distribution of free throws wasn't you know too too glaring. You know, the Nuggets took twenty one, the Raptors took seventeen. But like it, it matters when your your main kind of scoring threat uh, isn't getting to the line at all. It kind of discourages them from being uh, you know super aggressive. It it just takes mm-hmm. away a lot uh when you know that your your main kind of driver to the net uh doesn't get a single call all game it's it's also demoralizing and nick nurse was giving it to the refs at the end of that game you know after the buzzer went um like he he was he was rightfully pretty pissed off and um again like we're we're talking about like raptors weaknesses and stuff but it, it was a, a one-point game and that was you know a, a testament to how well siakam has been playing this game and and over the last little stretch of the season here and with all their yeah. flaws the raptors had won eight in a row like they were they were they were killing it they were moving up the standings uh you know right behind philly you know biting on their ankles and uh they've they've dropped down below boston now um and you know they, they've still got a bit of an uphill battle but i think this is at this point a, a better season already than a lot of raptors fans were uh you know talking about earlier in the year like people were kind of yeah. talking about this as a throwaway year like it's going to be you know, not a lot of wins, just kind of rebuilding. And, but that, that, that lineup again, as much as I, I would love to see them have a center in there and move a guy to the bench, like that's a, this is a, a lineup that's been doing incredibly well. And especially if, you know, when it comes to uh, teams that don't have that sort of dominant size, like they just switch everything, they, they fly around. And then on offense, they've just got a bunch of playmakers and, uh, you know, they're, they're hot shooters uh, between Van Vliet and Gary Trent Jr. Like, uh, they, it's still a good team. So I don't want to take that away from the Raptors. They, they easily still could have won this game. Uh, again, just one fucking trip to the free throw line could have won it, um, you know, for yeah. Siakam. So uh, still still like the effort that the Raptors are showing here. And um, it, we'll see how the rest of the season plays out because, uh, you know, depending on what seed they get, I think they could be in a pretty competitive uh, first round series. Uh, but it's going to be a dogfight because the East is very jumbled up and there's a lots of lots of good teams. So we'll, we'll we'll see how far like the development of this Raptors group collectively this year can get. And I'm excited to see it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, a, a bright future still here uh, in Toronto. Uh, and, and we'll see, you know, what the what the Nuggets end up shaping out. Uh, not the last time uh, we're going to mention them on the podcast today. Yeah. Uh, to move on, though, uh, we got to bring it up. The Slovenian wonder himself, Luka Doncic, just loving 
the Kristopsless uh oh, yeah. Mavericks days right now, just getting every fucking touch in the book. Uh, you know, they they he drops 51, uh, no big deal on uh on, on Thursday against the Clippers, 51, 9, and 6. But then in a losing effort, uh Saturday night, losing 45, uh losing, but he dropped 45, 15, and 8. Yeah. So, I mean, he's still putting up absolute insane beastie numbers. Um, but you know it's still not exactly where they want to be. This is a Clippers team that they should be beating. Uh, yeah. You know, they're right on that bubble area. Obviously, again, they're they're a tough team to play against. Uh, Dinwiddie, uh, not there. I mean, he's not the... He, he hasn't played for them yet, as far as uh, I understand. And Tim Hardaway Jr. is still out. But if you're the Mavericks right now, you've seen what Luka can do when you just kind of surround him with, to be frank, mediocre NBA players. Yeah. Uh, you got to start building now if you, you gotta think if you're mark cuban is it better that he just like they may like should they have gotten rid of more assets do you think at the trade deadline because i don't even know if there's a point in them trying to compete in the playoffs other than just you know growth of luca because i don't think that they, they don't have any fucking depth that they're going to be able to make a move in the yeah. playoffs like i i, I without Kristaps, i mean you've got dorian finney smith playing well above uh you know what he should be and now he's going to be forced into playing a lot more minutes yeah. reggie bullock's been pretty bad all season i mean he had a good game on saturday night um but and then you got jalen brunson's your second best player uh unless you know you want to we'll, we'll see how dinwiddie turns out yeah, there yeah uh i mean what are, what are your thoughts with the mavericks right now because i again we kind of questioned the move when it happened uh and now we're kind of seeing you know are we just here to see lucas stat pad yeah, well, it's 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 what we've sort of talked about before. It just brings me back to those early LeBron days, uh, those yep. teams. He he had no one else, uh, you know, and even uh, com- comparably, you could say freaking uh, Ilgauskas was uh, LeBron's yep. uh, Porzingis early on. And so now, you know, Luca going by the comparison, he doesn't even have that. Like, that was is that a, big... a compliment to Kristaps or an insult to... <laughs> I think it probably to... is. Well, yeah, okay. it might be a little bit of a, an insult to uh, Zydrunas, uh, my, my Lithuanian... Uh, you know, hero, but, uh, it's Alex, please feel free to say some Lithuanian. Yeah. Yeah. Here, go ahead. Uh, for your countryman. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hey, they, they, uh, they got that, uh, bronze medal. I think, uh, no, no. Did they get the silver medal? The, the dream team. I, I watched the documentary. I think All it was the Lithuanian bronze. fans. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Bronze, I think. Yeah. <laughs> that was the, the real dream team. I'm pretty um, sure they did. They not beat Russia to get that, the bronze. Yeah. Well, I think the only or USSR, the, whatever it would have been. I think so. The, I think the only team they lost to was the, the dream team. And I think yeah, they probably yeah. played them the closest out of anybody. As far as I remember, I'm pretty it's sure they got blown time. up at like 40. Yeah, still, still, yeah. Great <laughs> documentary. Great documentary. Yeah. Good, good doc. Good doc. Um, but, uh, like, yeah, the, the, those those LeBron teams, he, he had no help. Like he had he had freaking mm-hmm. Larry Hughes for a little bit. That that uh, still what he wasn't you know at the peak of his career. They didn't exactly work together. Um, and then just a bunch of role players and shooters. And same type of thing. You you have such a uh, a talented young player that you he he like and the types of players when you're Luca and LeBron who uh, you know control the ball a lot and you know. Uh, can really bring the best out of other guys because of the attention they they bring and uh, you know their their playmaking ability leads you to think that they can be good and you don't even have to spend that much money you don't have to worry about getting that many free agents yeah. like you maybe you know things break right for you you make a deep playoff run but 
anyone looking at this Mavs roster right now, like as much as I want to say they're, they're dark horse kind of contenders out West, that's just Luca. That is only because of how, uh, how I've seen Luca play, especially in the playoffs. There's no one else on that team that gives me confidence. Like as much as I love Brunson, um, as a complimentary guy now without Porzingis, like there, there's, there's no one else. And, and it's, it's kind of like they're back to square one and, and we'll look this off season at, you know, sort of reevaluating who they're going to try to get, uh, to, to pair with Luca. I, I hope that they know that that's what they need to do because they can't just keep rolling with teams like this. And I mean, they, they just, uh, extended Dorian Finney Smith, like a, a three and D guy, mm-hmm. uh, a guy who plays well next to Luca and who Luca likes playing with. And, you know, that's all fine and good, but that can't be that can't be the type of uh, you know extensions and and signings and the type yeah, of player yeah. that you're committing to. You you need uh, not just role players. You need another star because uh, we we've seen it. The the league is too talented now. You can't just have the one guy and and a bunch of complementary players. The good teams are going to you know load up on Luca and beat them. And we saw that uh, even with you know the Clippers the the last two years in the playoffs when when Luca did everything he could to to will his team past past them in the first round. Uh, that he just couldn't get it done, didn't have enough help. Um, and, you know, credit to him, he almost got it done uh, both times, uh, especially yep. the first time against a much superior team, um, you know, with a, a healthy Kawhi and, and Paul George. But uh, that was pandemic. That P, was though. pandemic. P. We gotta <laughs> but, uh, you know, so, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see. It's going to be all about the offseason, I guess. We'll see what Brunson does if he walks um, or if, you know, the Mavericks commit to him. But then that's even more money you're committing again. And it's like... At some point, Mark Cuban, like you, you, you gotta, you gotta really, really. I, I know you've been trying for years and years and years, but you gotta lure some free agents to Dallas. You mm-hmm. gotta, gotta do something. And if you're Luca too, like if if you want to win and you want that to happen, you gotta make it, uh, you gotta make it a desirable place for someone else to come. You gotta make it so that someone wants to come and play with you, next to you, be your co-star. Because, um, you know, granted, it's only been you know one try with a co-star, and that was Porzingis. Uh, it didn't end well. So, you know, you, just have, mm-hmm, you go through mm-hmm. too many guys like that, you you sort of get, you know, there's potential to get the reputation of a guy that guys don't want to play with, and then that's just a disaster. So uh, as good as Luca's playing right now, and, and, you know, the Mavs are trending in the right direction, um, and, and we'll we'll see, again, the, the West is still pretty wide open, especially in that middle, um, and, and maybe the Mavericks will finally get out of the first round this year, but... They're not going anywhere uh, deep, I don't think, um, unless they get like a crazy break of luck here. Uh, and so yeah, I think yeah. it's it's just all going to be about, about the offseason because I agree. They, they just don't have enough uh, this year. Well, and in typical, you know, young LeBron fashion, uh, you know, it just seems like he's kind of following uh, in, in the in the Kings' footsteps. Uh, also, you know, again, we, we go, we'll shout it out now before we even forget. Congrats to the King, all-time point score uh, yeah. NBA history. I mean, uh, he'll be the all-time regular season scorer as well. And, yeah. uh, you know, they'll have the big ceremony for that. Uh, we had to, had to mention that, but, uh, you know, big shoes for Luca to fill there. Uh, you know, so far he's kind of following that trajectory uh, skill wise, at least, yeah. uh, if not surpassing some of these numbers, uh, you know, bit of a different game, but mm-hmm. when you watch Luca, you know, now all of a sudden Chris Ops is gone. Everyone realizes he's got no one to play with. Uh, and no one's really sure what the future is going to look like in Dallas. Yeah. There's so much speculation. Oh, this team wants to p- pursue Luca aggressively. They want to go into trade talks, pursue Luca aggressively. And it's like, yeah, everybody would fucking love to have Luca. Yeah, of course. Like it's a no brainer. Like uh, I don't think any NBA GM, if you went up to them and were like, hey, would you give up your franchise guy right now for Luca Doncic? 
I guarantee if it was a one for one, you know, you can just uh, you know not even look uh, look back on it. Yeah, I guarantee they would do, they would make that trade. I don't oh, think yeah. there's many players right now that's more valuable, uh, especially to long term than yeah. Luka Doncic. Yeah. Uh, so it's it, it's crazy to me that we're already speculating on that. I mean, he's not going to be available for years because yeah. uh, he's he's already with the Mavericks long term. So uh, it's too early to tell whether or not, you know, because uh, you made the point, you know, is this going to turn into a situation where he seems like he might be a diva yeah. or, you know, someone that guys don't like playing with. Uh, and because, yeah, again, as we said, as much as he's, uh, you know, he's a playmaker per se, mm-hmm. he doesn't actually, you know, work that well in a pick and roll situation with a big, as we saw with Porzingis. Yeah. Uh, I really think the only way this is going to work is if they can get him some kind of a dynamic off ball score. I know I threw the name like Brandon Ingram. Yeah. Uh, Cause I, again, I just think that's an obtainable guy. And I'm not saying that this is the perfect fit. Just someone who came to my mind, someone who can finish in the lane off a cut, someone who can, you know, pull up for uh, threes reliably, uh, you know, around that shooting guard or small forward position. Cause I, I really do think that's kind of the only guy they will work with him. Like, Again, we've said it every time we talked about the Mavericks, which is actually quite a bit. So I hope, you know, I know we have some uh, some listeners out there in the Lone Star State uh, fans of the Mavericks. Uh, and, 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 but So I hope you yeah. appreciate the love. But like Jalen Brunson, every time we talk about Jalen Brunson's fit with this team, I think he's wasting away there. Like, and it's coming more and more clear the more that Luka has. It's like he's a great defensive guard. So he, I get his value there. You know, Luka doesn't have to put all the a- uh, effort there if they're playing a dynamic uh, uh, you know, point guard or shooting guard. Yeah. But it's not a long-term solution. You can't have a guy who's 6'1 out there barely touching the ball to sit there to play defense. You could get some G-leaguer to play similar style of defense and hustle, to be honest, for yeah. a lot less money. Uh, and it's It just doesn't seem like a great long-term plan to me. So I'm I'm really hoping that, you know, Luca isn't just going to, you know, become complicit because honestly he could average a 30 point triple double pretty much every night like yeah. uh i don't think that's you know un- even unreasonable for a guy of his caliber but yeah uh if I-, I would like to see lucas succeed i'd like to see him take the mavericks uh far and kind of follow maybe even dirk's footsteps yeah uh but it's it's just so it's too early to tell but I don't like the not knowing right now. And I do think that the Mavs front office right now at the end of the day is going to control their own destiny. When you have a guy like Luca, that's a generational player, you are the one that's going to fuck this up. Not Luca. Yeah. Yeah. And like people talked about it too, as soon as the New York, uh, you know, the the trade to acquire Porzingis Porzingis was done. Like uh, it was either going to be that Porzingis was going to be the perfect kind of co-star next to Luca, or he was mm-hmm. going to maybe be the guy that you move to get the perfect co-star next to Luca. Um, and now that that has come to fruition, you have Dinwiddie and uh, Bertans to show for it. And it's, uh, it's just, it's, it, it's, it's already not great team building. Like I, I think the mm-hmm. Mavericks, um, you know, if, if, if we were to sort of go over the winners and losers uh, of the trade deadline, I think the Mavericks would be one of the losers for sure. Like there's, yeah, uh, yeah. The, the the fact that you know in theory you could have maybe sold Porzingis at an earlier date for for maybe something better you know I I, I obviously don't know what deals were and weren't on the table uh, throughout you know Porzingis's time with with the Mavs but to think that this is the best one you could get uh, I I it's just it, it's not a good return and uh, the the clock is ticking we we, we talk about it. It, it it's it's always ticking for a sort of small and mid market teams with young superstars it's ticking. Uh, yeah. In Utah with Donovan Mitchell, uh, you know, whether you want to admit it or not, uh, you know, whether whatever the players say, um, you know, where, where there's smoke, there's fire. And uh, I, I just think 
uh, we, we see it time and time again. If you're a young player with a lot of talent and uh, you know, your, your, your team consistently struggles to put the right pieces around you, uh, you get fed up and uh, you, you, you want out, you, you leave one way or another. Um, and I, I think, uh, you know, the Mavericks, whether that's kind of pivoting strategy and trying to do a better job of like being a, an organization that really develops guys and find gems in like the second round. Like, I think that's something they've really struggled with. They haven't been a good drafting team. I mean, look at Memphis, uh, you know, not that far away. They've, they've drafted so well in, in recent memory. Yeah. Uh, they have Bain now and, and, and Jaron Jackson Jr. And obviously John Morant, like their one star, like if, if the Mavericks, uh, you know, had kind of a surrounding group like that next to Luca, like how, how far could they go? Like they, they'd be a contender right now, I would think. Um, so sure. like there's, there's, uh, you know, I, I think the Mavs definitely as, as a sort of team, the way they've operated since Luca has got there, hasn't been the most, uh, the most encouraging thing. Like there was the whole sexual, uh, misconduct thing with how like women were treated within the Mavs organization. There's the whole drama, you know, with Carlisle and everything. Like it's, uh, I think the, the, the Mavs are like quietly kind of a, a messy place and, and have been sure. for a little bit. And I, I think, uh, you know, people don't talk about it like that. Like they, they don't mention them as like, you know, the Sarver Phoenix Suns from a few years ago or the Kings or anything, but, uh, you know, too, too many, too many things pile up. Eventually you, you do start to, you, you, you have to start talking to them uh, or, or mm-hmm. about them, I should say in that same kind of breath. So, uh, yep. The clock's ticking. Uh, I, I love Luca. One of my favorite players, but, uh, I, Mark, come on, man, get, get, get someone, get, get a few guys from, you know, the, the shark tank or wherever the hell I don't yeah, know if he's yeah. still on shark tank, you know, put, put a plan together. You're, you're one of the you're great business minds, uh, you know, get another star to Dallas because Luca, Luca needs it. And as soon as you get him that right guy that fits next to him, I, th- I think that's exactly when his, you know, career is going to take off. Uh, yeah. Not by you know stats wise because it's already taken off, but like winning wise, like I, I think once uh, once you get him that that help in the right position, uh, you're gonna see like you know 50 win seasons uh, and you know and and more. I, I think uh, yeah. that Luca has that in him, but he, he just needs uh, another guy to help him out. Well, uh, you know, you kind of mentioned them a little bit there, uh, but we you know we're gonna hop right into them. Because you know they had they had a good win, uh, a close win uh, on Saturday night against the Charlotte Hornets. Talking with the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, but the biggest story from that, you know, wasn't them holding off that late comeback that the the Hornets really piled on, uh, especially you know to shout out. And we'll get to them a little bit uh, later on into the segment, uh, you know, with Montrez Harrell uh, really really fitting in well there off oh, the yeah. bench. Yeah. Um, but the the one thing we we want to talk about first, John Morant, another amazing game, twenty six six and six. Um, but has to leave the game early because of a bullshit ankle injury. Yeah. Uh, you know, he goes up and he comes down after uh, a layup attempt and, uh, you know, rolls his ankle on a cameraman behind the basket. And actually, this has happened to Jaw, I think, two times yeah, yeah, it's before, before this. <laughs> he's, hit, he's had this happen exactly the same. I don't know if he's had to leave the game because of it before. I don't think it's ever been that bad. But I remember there was one time, uh, you know, his rookie year, it was really bad. Yeah. Uh, he landed on a camera and everyone was like, oh my God. Because again, he flies through the air and he's so skinny, you know, he really yeah. hits the ground. Um, but, you know, and it started the conversation, Jordan. You know, do we really need that baseline camera angle? Because when do they really use it at this point? I've, I, it's very rare that you get that baseline angle. It's pretty much sideline or, you know, you have the, the zip line cameras or, you know, some kind of other crazy, uh, you know, uh, shot that's coming up from like, a, you know, I don't, I don't know, the rafters or something on some kind of 8K camera. Yeah. Um, so because, again, 
it's not really worth putting these athletes, especially a superstar like Jaw, who's again, if you something worse happens in that situation, you know, yeah. the league is going to lose a lot more money than they would just from getting a little camera shot. Yeah, I, I swear the only time I see that camera angle is when a player falls into it, and that's yes. when I that's when I like there. It's just there for for those moments. It seems like, but yeah, I agree. Uh, like I'm I'm fine. I understand you want as many different shots as you can, and for photos too, like just plain photographers, not even taking you know sure. video. Yeah, yeah, I get it, but just move back. Like the, these guys are super athletic, and you know if if they're taking off and going to the rim. They're going to fly a little bit, you know, kind of like Jaw did there, sort of like into, an eagle. yeah, right, right into like a flegal man. Okay, we're like right, right into no, the, come, uh, on. come on, they, right into the the baseline. They're they're gonna fly into, but yeah. they, if they're if they're coming from the rim, like they're only gonna go so far. But you got to give them that room. Like you can still be on the baseline. You can still have your courtside seats. You can still be a, a cameraman down there. But my God, do, is our technology not? Uh, advanced enough that you can't be a few more feet away or you're not going to get that you know do you need exactly. those extra fucking pixels like the the <laughs> the uh the the safety of the players obviously needs to come first that's what's gonna mm-hmm. lose the nba money if you know john morant you know comes down hard on this and misses uh god knows how long if it's a serious injury that's uh you know p- potentially you know thousands of dollars uh you know maybe more uh, oh, that wait, the yeah, league, more than that. that that the league loses especially if it happens you know multiple times in a season to multiple players so just just move those fucking camera guys back. They move everybody mm-hmm. back a little bit. Uh, you know, give give these guys space because uh, they're some of the best jumpers in the world uh, and they're going to, you know, fly through the air and you, you want to give them a nice a nice clean landing spot. So you, you definitely don't want to, you know, see something like that. Hopefully this isn't something that sidelines Jaw for, for too, too long because uh, he's having one of the, the you know, best stories uh, in, in the sure. league this year. Well, I mean, you want to talk about jumping ability. Hell, that fucking near 360 windmill he yeah. <laughs> pulled off, a little scoop that he almost did. He, I think he could have thrown that down if he really felt like oh, it, to be God. honest. Oh, man. Uh, but yeah, and, and, but we've talked about this a couple times on the podcast even. Courtside fans are also kind of an issue. Yeah. Let's just fucking move everything, move it five feet yeah. back. Still the same court boundaries and yeah, everything, yeah, but yeah, just yeah. give the players a little bit of space. Yeah. Uh, like, And again, I think it's safer for the fans too. I mean, how many times yeah. have we seen these like, giant six foot nine guys crush old ladies or you know kids and stuff like lebron the other day uh after he took a foul just went and sat on a guy yeah uh yeah. and it's like you can't do that like no. that's not okay like the people who go to courtside they guess they understand that they're you know if someone's trying to make a hustle play or there's a foul or whatever there's a risk you don't sign up to have a fucking six foot nine guy sit on your lap. Like, well, remember, remember totally... I think I think when he was in Phoenix, Shaq went to go dive for a ball. Oh, and yeah, everyone yeah, yeah. on his bench cleared out. Like, I've never seen people move that fast. Like, you could get, yeah, you could get seriously hurt. <laughs> like, yeah, for sure, I, for sure. I, I, I have really honestly never understood why it has to be like, literally, if you're standing and inbounding the ball, you're, you're touching shoes with, like, why does it have to be that close? Well, like, that's like when Drake used to go to the Raptors playoff oh, God, games. And who, who was it? The, the Pacers series. He's in there, John, John in their ear, and then they do the five second yeah. uh, turnover. And it's like, yeah. and Drake claps right in their ears, and then he gives uh, as, Nick Nurse yeah. a back massage. It's, it's, I, I and like to be it. fair, if it wasn't Drake, the refs probably would have really gotten in his oh, face. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, it's like, you can't do that. No, I like, know. they're still like playing. That's like, again, like, uh, that's like if you could stand four feet from a guy who's like pitching and being like, yeah. what the fuck are you doing, man? Like, <laughs> exactly. like it's, it's not the same at all. So, yeah. uh, and, 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 you know, that I, I, there's the argument, that, you know, that's the allure of basketball is that you're so close proximity and they, they're all over the place on the court. So like, you never know, uh, kind of like baseball, the foul ball almost, you know, you get yeah. in the game a little bit, which 
totally understand. But to be fair, only like very select few people are ever going to sit courtside yeah. at an NBA game in their lives. Yeah. So I, I don't really think that that's exactly the argument to make when most of us are going to be, you know, well far away that we would never even be in a situation to touch an NBA player or, you know, get a whiff of the ball, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't really think that that's ne- necessarily the, uh, you know, the, what, what the point of it is. I think it's just, you know, a capacity limit. You can fit more people in yeah. uh, and there's just enough room. So, uh, personally, you know, I would like to see everything pushed back a little bit. I'm sure it would look really weird uh, for the yeah. first, like, you know, season or two. But you know, we get used to it. And I think at the end of the day, if we can prevent anything like this from happening again, uh, that that's the right course of action to take. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, I, on the game as a whole, uh, you know, the the Hornets are really trying. Like they're fighting. They're trying to kind of get back into this. They're still struggling. Uh, I mean, yeah. Desmond Bain really stepped up when Jaw went down. You know, finishing 25, four and five. Uh, on the night steven adams you know former big dog of the month he really put on a a, a nice performance as well yeah uh, and of course jaron jackson jr with the double double but uh, on the hornets i mean you know he was your one of your all-star picks uh and, and you know I, I one of my favorite players but it seemed like this might be a good time that they got uh montrez harrell because you know uh, miles bridges kind of a stinker of a night like he yeah. chipped in you know four assists you did a little bit on the boards but two for 13 shooting i know that's that's it's not rough. gonna get the job done right now yeah, yeah, and and luckily they've got uh, Ubre in there to pick up some of that slack, but he didn't have a particularly you know high scoring no, game either. Yeah. Like, uh, but uh, and scary Terry was a beast. Oh yeah, he 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 went off. Uh, you know, thirty five uh, near triple double. He had ten ten boards, almost uh, almost uh, you know one one assist shy of a triple double. He had nine, but uh, you know they Bridges was so important for them earlier in the year and a big part of why they were uh, you know in in that playoff picture for a while. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, he's he's kind of regressed to the mean a little bit, and uh, as much as you know, I I wouldn't say I regret putting him as an all, an all star, but he he was kind of a guy that I, I slotted in because I needed a front court guy. I wanted someone from you know the Hornets, but I definitely think he deserves sort of criticism uh, over over the past you know few few weeks or you know I, I would say even few months. Uh, you know the, the way he's been playing, it's just not been. The, the, mm-hmm. the same guy, especially, you know, his, his hot shooting from three has really cooled off. Um, but, uh, yeah, well, the, the, the Hornets, you're, you're right, they did fight, and, and Harrell is just the perfect guy for them. They needed another center, yeah. you know, a perfect example of a team that, you know, went out and I thought addressed what they needed to to address. I, sure. I think a lot of teams sort of had that type of deadline. I thought a lot of teams made good kind of simple moves. And, uh, and I, I think he's, he's, he's doing great for them. Like, like we mentioned in our, you know, uh, our, our trade deadline, uh, recap pod, they really didn't have to give up much for him at all. Um, and he's just another guy you can bring off the bench. Who's going to rebound the hell out of it and, you know, s- score at a good clip too. So, uh, I think it's a good pickup. I think it's going to help Charlotte in the long run. And yeah, it's just going to be, you know, uh, LaMelo is going to do his thing. Rozier is going to come in and, and do his thing too. It's just about those kind of swing men uh for the hornets you know when they play well they tend to win uh but when they you know they struggle shooting um and you know especially when bridges has a uh, what was it yeah two for 13 and over five from three night uh that it's going to be tough to win so it, it's all about their you know i, I think they're kind of x factors are their you know their their ubres and, and bridges uh and guys like that uh you know sort of taking the scoring and yeah. uh you know load off of, of guys like Lamelo and, and Rozier in the backcourt um because you know when when Charlotte is clicking on all cylinders and you know Lamelo's flying around and, and you know pushing the pace they are really good so you know I I, I hope this the addition the addition of Montrez can sort of galvanize them and you know 
uh, you know, send them through the rest of the season here. But, uh, you know, you, you see it when they play better teams, they, they do still tend to struggle. And that's the Hornets DNA, man. It's going to be hard. You can, it's going to be hard to, to, uh, get over the years of, of losing culture yeah. there in Charlotte. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, they're definitely on the right track. So for yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, like they're, they're already exceeding, you know, most expectations this year. So, yeah. I mean, it's all gravy at the end of the day. It's just, it's just tough because they started off so hot. And, and yeah, there's exactly. still room to pick this back up. There's no reason that, you know, with Montrez Harrell, uh, if Miles Bridges can, you know, kind of get back into a similar form, Scary Terry keeps putting the ball in the bucket and LaMelo Ball is LaMelo Ball. I mean, yeah. uh, they'll, they'll still be, uh, I, I still think they're going to be a very competitive team uh, when the playoff time comes. Uh, yeah. It just, you know, obviously... You never want to be in that play-in bubble. Anything can happen right now. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, to, to move our, our, our focus over, it's Russell Westbrook slander time. Uh, <laughs> everybody's favorite Big Dog Ball Talk segment. Uh, I know it's my favorite, at least, because um, he just always wants to give us ammunition, Jordan. I don't know if it's uh, something no. that we said or he just... I, I, I honestly, and this is why I want to open this up with it, I really, really hope that this was, like, just not real and that he was just trolling when he said this but <laughs> russell westbrook coming out and saying that you know he's had some back issues and some back stiffness because he's not used to sitting in the fourth quarter slash late minutes of a game <laughs> shut the fuck up russ uh, uh he also no no no, no. he also hit the, the the nba world right before that uh you know stating that uh he deserves to be playing because of his his track record he deserves to be playing in the end of games. It's like, no, it doesn't, man. If that's the case, then Dwight Howard should be closing every game too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't, I really don't know where this, like, I, I, I mean, I get where the entitlement could come from, <laughs> but to a humbler man, maybe you'd be able to understand that you're not that guy. You're not the person that's getting them back into the game. You're the person that's keeping them in these close games, but you're not actually getting them the win. Yeah. I'm 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 really starting to like just pull my hair out, and I'm not even a Lakers fan with this guy. Like your your play is so abysmal, and you somehow think that you need to get the star treatment still. Yeah, no, I I know it's it's the toughest thing. You know uh, that's what people have always said. Uh, you know, coaches, people have been around like the aging superstar, or the superstar who's just not the same guy anymore. It's so tough to sort of convince them that they're not because that's what makes you a superstar, you know, sure. complete belief in yourself um, and, you know, fearlessness and all that stuff. And when you when you lose, uh, you know, a step or whatever it might be, you know, in Russ's case, he just basically forgot how to shoot the ball and, you know, isn't the yeah. athletic 25 year old he once was. So, uh, you know, all of his weaknesses in his game have just been getting worse and worse and his strengths have uh, been, you know, becoming less and less evident. So, uh, it's, it, it is definitely tough. Uh, it's, I cannot believe he said that, that he's got back fucking, uh, you know, you got a back strain from, from sitting. That's the most Russell Westbrook thing uh, ever. And that's I, what I, I should have said to high school coaches when I was getting benched or something, yeah, man. So you know, I can't like, play oh, my bad. My back. These, these wooden benches, they don't even have a, there's no back to this. Man. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, I, I don't know though. I, I don't know if he is just trolling or if, uh, cause if it's real, then like, or if he's convinced himself that it's real, that's even funnier to me. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. like, uh, the, this, the, this Lakers season is just so entertaining and, you know, to watch LeBron at the Super Bowl today, he's dancing and, you know, having a good time. And I'm like, 
really lebron like uh like part of me was like do, do you care as much as you once did about like you know winning or are you just kind of riding your career out a little bit here because you, you know he's to obviously see his been, boy obj get a ring he, he did he did um and you know he's he's obviously uh been playing incredibly this year lebron has but uh if i was him i'd be more pissed off like uh to to be sitting right now in uh what are they they're either ninth or they're eighth yeah they're they're in ninth in the west right now which is yeah. you know unbelievable um but uh, you know, to be to be sitting in 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 ninth and have made no moves to upgrade at the trade deadline, like because you uh, you've you've given away all your assets, uh, mainly in this deal to get Russell Westbrook, uh, like I, I don't know, it just doesn't doesn't look good. And you know, to to sort of move off of Westbrook for a second, like Russ has been the problem this whole season, obviously. But mm-hmm. I'm starting to think that Anthony Davis is a big problem too. Oh. Like he. He had 16 yeah. points, five for 13 shooting, and missed four free throws against the Warriors, who didn't have Draymond. Like, yeah. who what who else in the Warriors front court is making it hard for Anthony Davis to score? Big like, bad Gavon Looney, man. Like, like, Mixing yeah, it up. Yeah, your favorite, your favorite, Mister <laughs> um, One for Six. And then and then uh, they lose to the fucking Blazers on Wednesday, who don't have oh. anyone. No, they choked it too. I know. And and, and AD like uh, forget Westbrook didn't even play in that game, but AD only took 11 shots. Uh, and again, missed three foul, uh, you know, foul shots. Like, where is the sort of like aggression and and need? And we've talked about it before with with AD. Like, what 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 the hell is is he doing? How is this not more on his head? He's the only, you know, of the three the the uh, three headed you know snake monster, whatever you want to call it, that we thought the Lakers were going to be. Russ, uh, AD, and LeBron. Uh, AD is the only one really in his like physical peak prime. You know, in theory, mm-hmm. he should be a guy out there dominating, having you know, one of the the best seasons of his career. But, uh, you know, it's 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 injuries. It's trouble staying on the court. Like, it's always been with him. And then it's sort of, especially since, you know, he's been with the Lakers, just these weird stretches of games where he almost disappears and just lets, you know, old man LeBron do all the heavy lifting. And uh, I, I would just be really fucking pissed off if I was LeBron. Just more of this crap from Russ, um, yeah. you know, not sort of accepting what's going to be the best role for the team that's going to help win like yeah yeah russell you should not be finishing a lot of these games but like you can still contribute i mean against the warriors russ actually had an okay game like mm-hmm. he, he 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 didn't play badly um so like there's there's besides you know some big mental lapses on defense he, oh, for sure you know he's, he's never going to play you know that that well on defense unfortunately but you know he can yeah. as long as he just keeps his you know, bad shots to a minimum, his turnovers to a minimum, and you know, picks his spots. Like he can be a okay contributing guy, but he just doesn't. He just doesn't know how to be that on a consistent basis. And uh, oh, we'll see. We'll see how where where the Lakers can go. I mean, like to to be in ninth place mm-hmm. at the yeah, fucking yeah. uh, All Star break in ninth. Like, how do you expect? Like, I, I, there's a, there's a chance the Lakers won't even get out of the play in for God's sakes. Like that we we yeah. gotta. We got to take that as a real possibility. So we'll we'll see. LeBron's got still a lot of fucking heavy lifting to do, and starting to feel bad for the guy. Uh, in what is this year seventeen or whatever the fuck it is? Like he's whatever. He's got, yeah, he's got uh, a lot on his plate still, uh, and uh, it's it's only gonna it's just an uphill battle. It's only gonna get worse, uh, and yeah. I just hope he can, you know, keep it together. Hope he knock on wood he doesn't sustain any any sort of injury because. If LeBron goes down at any point the rest of the year, they are so screwed. It's it's uh, beyond mentioning. So yeah, good luck, good luck, LA. Good luck. Almost, a, it's almost. A, I mean, it is embarrassing actually that 
you know, I don't think I've ever been this far off on a team that I thought could <laughs> yeah. like, potentially be in the finals. I mean, holy shit. Well, it's hilarious right now to, to think what we talked about at the beginning of the year. The Lakers are in ninth and the Nets are in eighth. Like, what, yeah. what's going on here? <laughs> hey, yeah, the, 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 the betting favorite Nets. Again, if anyone yeah. wants to go burn a, burn a hole in your pocket, you know, go, go ahead and bet <laughs> on the Nets to win the championship. I mean, uh, all the power to you. Uh, to move on to, you know, briefly just touch on it because, you know, uh, we hinted a little bit at it. Um, but the, the the Denver Nuggets front office, and we've been waiting for this news. We've been talking about mm-hmm. it for quite some time now. One of the things, you know, not super unexpected, but the other I feel is both Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. Uh, apparently are, are looking promising to return for the yep. playoffs this year. I mean, well, hopefully, you know, Jamal Murray will be able to get some reps in before then, uh, you know, maybe to close up the regular season or something. But even uh, so, you know, if he can come back and just kind of try and play his way into shape or something in the playoffs, you know, as tough as that is, that's scary. I think if you're in the West with Jokic yeah. playing the way that he is, you if you can get like a, a you know ninety percent, eighty percent Jamal Murray, same with the MPJ. Yeah. Oh boy. That now, now we're looking. That I mean, the West is pretty open. I wouldn't want to play the Nuggets if they're fully healthy. No, no, that, no, 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 no. that might be the the team to come out of the West. Uh, that that's a tough matchup for anybody. I would probably pick them if they had you know a fully healthy Murray and MP, MPJ for sure. Like for you know for a stretch of time, you know, like so we we could see them and if they were actually gelling and playing to you know their capabilities, mm-hmm. like. Just, just because Jokic is just such an unbelievably bad matchup for anyone. Like, yeah, yeah. Say what you, you know, I, I know the Warriors, uh, you know, they, they've had an incredible defense all year, and Draymond's one of the best d- defenders we've seen uh, in, all, you could say, ever, but certainly in the last, like, you know, 10 years. Uh, I don't think Draymond could do much of anything with Jokic. Like, I, I, I don't think no, he'd have he a chance. He would get bodied he, up. He's too he, small. He's way too small. Jokic can just pass right over him. And, uh, you know, with all due respect to Draymond, I think Jokic is just as smart. Like, Draymond's one of the smartest guys in the league. And, you know, that's been evident, you know, almost since he came in the league. But, like, and he he, he really takes advantage of, you know, sort of outthinking his opponents. But I think yeah, yeah. Yo- he can't do that with Jokic. Jokic can see everything. He can see all the angles and he's so much taller. Like, um, and, you know, the, the Suns, Jokic would eat eight and alive and it's just it's it's that kind of old school confidence you get from like a big guy who can control everything uh i think he's just a horrible matchup for for anyone in the west and like even even if mpj doesn't come back this year at all if you get a healthy murray uh in there like a guy who can reignite that pick and roll with Jokic, be a perimeter guy and Mm-hmm. If, if he's even close to the guy, the, the Murray that we saw in the bubble, like even that uh, Nuggets team, I think would be tough to beat for, for anybody uh, just because I think Jokic is on a whole other level, uh, whole, whole other level right now. Sure, and, yeah. uh, and they've got other good complimentary guys like uh, Aaron Gordon's playing well this year. Uh, uh, Barton's back now, you know, playing good minutes. Then they, they, they've got the depth like we talked about, uh, you know, demonstrated in that Raptors game. So uh, this is definitely good news for the Nuggets and, and good sure. news, I think, for the league because, you know, another kind of heavy hitter out West, that's just going to make it so much more interesting. Um, and, you know, any any playoff series, you know, whether it's the Suns or, you know, the Warriors or even the Grizzlies or the Jazz, like the, the Nuggets uh, are, are just a, 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 another really, really good Western Conference team. Mm-hmm. And we've seen them be really, really good in the playoffs, um, you know, g- getting to the to the conference finals in the bubble. Um, like they, they, they've been there before and... Uh, Jokic is keeping these guys afloat and they're in the sixth seed right now with with no other uh you know real sort of bona fide scorers to speak of just about uh, you know role players that 
he has just made so much better. Sure. Um, and uh, so, yeah, if, if, if they're there to get one or, or both of these guys back, specifically Murray, I, I think he's much more important to the you know overall success uh, of the Nuggets here. Like that's that's a, a game changer for sure. Well, I mean, say what you will, but MPJ, obviously, he hasn't exactly lived up to the hype or the potential yet. Yeah. Uh, but man, he's a big upgrade over who they've got going oh, right God. now. Oh, God. I yeah. mean, you, you get a guy like that, you can average, you know, if he can average, you know, between 16 to 18 points per game for them. And he'll do that. He can do that. That's easy, massive. But... That's yeah. massive. Get a couple boards here and there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they don't really need too much else besides, you know, be a, be a solid defender. Not, you know, again, yeah. he doesn't have to be clamping people by any means, but you know, knowing what he's doing out there, being in the right position to you yeah. know, make a play, uh, which is something that he's done most of his career. Yeah. Uh, and then you got a guy like Jamal Murray, who people really forget and sleep on him, man. Like, yeah. uh, 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 he's a real baller, man. Like he's got great handles, great IQ. Uh, again, he was going insane in the bubble, and people, you know, kind of just insane. forgot that that happened. Like yeah. he was outplaying LeBron James at times. Like it yeah. was insane. Like he, he was he was hitting amazing shots. He was putting on like historic stretches for a bit. Um, yeah. He he's going to be one of those like top guards like he'll I, I would be shocked if he's not an all-star in the next two years uh you know barring any other kind of injuries that table him uh yeah. for a while because this nuggets team is going to be legit uh and, and he's a huge reason why i mean he's the number two guy behind Nikola Jokic. i mean that's uh that's saying something there so yeah. I, I i really think that you know if they come back they get some time to get some reps in and they you know they can even get to close to 100 percent yeah. i'm not saying that they're going to get to the finals uh, but I would say that they have a very, very firm shot to get to the Western Conference Finals if they've got both those guys there, uh, if Jokic can keep up the style of play that he is. Because, again, uh, big men offense and just big men in general that can play at an elite level or at a premium right now in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't think that anybody other than maybe Rudy Gobert is going to be able to slow down a guy like Jokic. Uh, yeah. cause, you know, as we said, you know, Draymond, uh, you know, might you know put up a fight. He's a... You know, one of the best defenders of all time, as you said, but the size mismatch is there. DeAndre yeah. Ayton on the other side, you know, if they match up with the Suns, I mean, he's a great offensive player, but, you know, he's, he doesn't really know how to use his size to his advantage quite yet, which, you know, yeah. is frustrating because he should be, you yeah. know, a great, great defender because he's just got so much athleticism and size, but he just doesn't really have that in his bag yet. Um, but, I, uh, like, Jokic would kill him. He would he would oh. kill him. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that we can see... Aiden take that step in years to come. Yeah. But uh, right now, you know, if you're a Denver Nuggets fan, I would, uh, I'd be feeling a little bit cocky. I wouldn't start talking your shit yet, but I no. would definitely start feeling pretty cocky. Well, Matt, uh, my my wish might come true uh, with you know the Harden trade in in Philly, and we've got this news out of Denver. My Jokic Embiid finals matchup uh might just might just come be true because yeah. that if I'm Adam Silver, uh, you know, I I know it might not be like the sexiest matchup for like a casual fan i know a lot of guys you know i bet a, uh, there's a good portion of casual fans who um or you know average people who may not have even have heard of either of these guys but like as if you watch basketball at all and sort of understand you know the history of the league to see two two of the best big men we've frankly ever seen which is crazy to sure, say because yeah. we're really not in a big man uh, heavy era but i think these guys and they're you know, young in their careers really yeah they, they're much younger than i think even people realize like uh, but to, to see those guys go up against each other would 
just be incredible. So that that's all I want. That's 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 I think yeah. that's all the league should want. And uh, you know, we we'll, 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 I, I want to push it like they did. You know, Le- LeBron versus Kobe. Uh, I want, yeah. I want them to do everything, you know, veto trades, yeah. uh, yeah. you know, do, do whatever you can, uh, get these two guys against each other in the playoffs, uh, in, in the finals, because my God, that would be an, an epic battle for sure. Well, another epic battle, uh, that we've been seeing over the years, uh, me versus you. Uh, and in this case, we're going back to the trivia. Well, it's been a couple of yeah. weeks, uh, but we haven't forgotten. Have we gotten the score? No. Uh, and please stop harassing Alex. He doesn't know the score. Please yeah. Stop he, harassing him. He, he doesn't, doesn't know. He's dyslexic. He doesn't know. Uh, he, 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 anyway, we won't get into it, but uh, yeah, yeah, go on. Uh, he, he's a demigod. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Percy Jackson. Um, but Jordan, it's your week to start yes, asking is. me some questions. I I honestly don't remember. It's been a minute since I've had my time behind, uh, you know, behind the big rig here. Uh, and I'm pretty sure my last outing was fucking horrible. I'm pretty sure I was pretty downright off. Well, I think you were. I think overall you were pretty bad, but I know I remember you getting at least one. Like I, I you, you definitely did. Maybe there was one between it. I think there was one time I had a half point. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There was. There was. But there but might I think have. I think maybe there was one before before that. But yeah, it was. It was a. It was. A, I'm still not. I'm not over that one. I need to have one that I can really be like. I want to get like four out of five right. Like I want to crush this one. All so right. Here we go. Right. I'm. I'm okay. feeling good. I want to crush one. Okay, Matt. Okay, so uh, we we talked about the, uh, the the Raptors versus the Nuggets game. Uh, Siakam had a really you know he was aggressive attacking the paint, not a single free throw. Uh, obviously, it there you know there, there's been other high scoring games. Uh, you know Siakam had 35. Uh, where, you know other high scoring games where where players haven't shot a free throw, haven't even attempted one. So mm-hmm. can you tell me? And again, there'll be sort of multiple comp- components to this. You can guess that sort of any any bit of information that you want but can you tell me the highest scoring regular season game in nba history that a player has scored without a free throw attempt and you can so tell me the name individual of the player. player yeah you can tell me the okay, name okay, of the okay. player and then if you want to tell me the uh, amount of points uh you know you can guess at either of those uh but name of the player is probably the the most important one. Oh I would say. man that's a good one now, with the least amount of free throw or no free throws, yeah, dang, not even attempted. It's not through so the like, whole game. Yeah, for some reason, again in my mind, because again, I'm trying. I, I'm sure he went to the free throw line though. For some reason, again, my mind went to George Gervin, uh, the Ice Man, scoring that. Uh, I believe it was the 34 in one quarter. Uh, yeah, and that was with a three point line. But I don't remember there being. Uh, there probably was free throws involved in that. Hmm. I'm gonna know what. I'm gonna go with George Gervin, forty-four points. All right, all right, close, Matt, close. Uh, in in a way, in a way. Uh, Jamal Murray, fifty points, almost exactly a year ago, wow. February nineteenth. Okay, I, I thought it might have been recent. Insane. It was super recent. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think it was just uh, I don't. That's exactly... why I went with George Gervin because I thought it was recent. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you were close, Matt. Like I said, you know, just uh, off by a few years. Iceman uh, to Iceman. Yeah, but uh, uh, it was against Cleveland. I don't, I don't uh, personally exactly remember which game, but it must have just been a whole bunch of jump shots. Jamal Murray will do that sure, every now yeah, and then, yeah. just, just uh, you know, pull up for you know audacious kind of threes and stuff, and not even can't, need to. Can't do that on Evan Mobley anymore. No, you're right. It's true. It's true. Or Jared Allen, uh, you know, yep. for that matter. But uh, 
Yeah, it beat up on, on a bad Cleveland team. Yeah, almost exactly a year ago today, February 19th. 50 points and no free throw attempts, which wow. is uh, pretty crazy. Uh, that that is insane. I mean, you would think that, you know, again, yeah, it must have been all jump shots. We'll have to go back and watch some tape on that game. But, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, could have been easily 60. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. It's it's strange. And when I was looking this up, uh, I I there was a few... Uh, Wilt Chamberlain games that came up because I, I put it in Stat Muse as uh, you know most points without a free throw made mm-hmm. and there was a few like fifty point fucking or no not fifty point like forty point because because Jamal uh, Murray's fifty was the highest in NBA history but there were forty point games uh, that Wilt had but he took free throws but he just missed like twelve or something <laughs> like he just didn't make a single <laughs> one but still ended up with you know like forty five or whatever it yeah, was so, yeah you know shut out Wilt for sure um, but okay so next question. Uh, the this was kind of inspired by us going to be talking about the Lakers and the Nets, two teams that we kind of, uh, us and a lot of people thought of would maybe be a finals matchup, teams that were going to be really good mm-hmm, going into mm-hmm. the season, but who are at, uh, again, both uh, in the play-in mix right now, uh, not, not firmly in the playoff picture at all. So can you tell me the two lowest seeds, I'll give you a chance to get, to get two points for this, two each, uh, you know, for for a right answer here, but the two lowest playoff seeds to win an NBA championship. So that's you know playoff seed in your conference and not okay. getting to the finals, but actually winning. Uh, winning the whole were, thing. Who were the lowest seeds? Uh, and they're they're two different. I'll give you a hint. They're two different seeds. Like they're not cool. okay, the same okay. seed. Um, but uh, yeah, and yeah, you get one point for for each right answer. I, I don't think an eight seed has ever done it. As far as I understand, an eight seed's never done it. I don't think a seven has. I'm going to go with a four seed in the West and a five seed in the East. I don't think that it's that well, wait, wait, crazy. Wait, 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 wait. This isn't... You You might just want to stick to those uh, in any case, but it's not by conference that like necessarily... <laughs> It's so like it's they can be in either conference is what I'm saying. Oh, so the two highest seeds, the two, the two lowest seeds are two lowest seeds to ever do in it. History. Yeah. Yeah. But it can be West East. It can be whatever. it's not a East and a West. No, 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 no. Oh, no. OK. OK. And so e- like each of these teams, I'm talking about one championships and they're the two lowest seeds to ever go and actually win an NBA championship. OK, I, I'm going to go. <sighs> And so you you'll get a point. I'm gonna go if you five and six then. I'm gonna go five, five and, six? and six. Okay, okay, okay. Do you want to guess which teams they were? Do you want to? Because no. I'll give you a point. No, you don't can't think okay. of. No, can't think of any of that. Okay, okay, okay. No, all good. Okay, so uh, I'm assuming you, it's like late. Like I don't. I can't think of any in my lifetime that have been like really low seeds that have gone. Well, uh, that I can remember at least. Yeah, for sure. So, um, you said a six seed, right? Did you say I said a, six? a five and a six? Is five what I and six. Okay, so. You get you got one point for sure because the '95 Rockets won and they were a six seed. Wow, I can't believe they're that that low. Yeah, and they're defending championship. Yeah, they're, like they they defended their 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 championship from before. Yeah. They traded for Drexler, but they just had a, a, a just a underwhelming year in the regular season. But um, and then beat a lot of good teams like the Jazz team, uh, the David Robinson uh, Spurs team. Like they, mm-hmm, they went mm-hmm. through a lot of heavyweights, but uh, yeah, a six seed. But the the second lowest in NBA history to actually win the twenty eleven Mavs a third seed. No so fucking way. Yeah, yeah. A so third seed. I yeah. thought I was being a little bit pessimistic with four. No, no. 
Oh my god! Because yeah, I, I was thinking I was like, like the NBA is pretty cut and dry when it comes yeah. to playoff it's history. More There's than not, even you think. Yeah, there hasn't been a whole lot of upsets. Like I think an eight seed's only won a playoff series like twice. Well, well, I I think well no I think that oh yeah an eight over the one yeah 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 that, and that was true. like the we believe Warriors was one of them and like yeah. I mean that was also a crazy one because that that Mavericks team was the favorite to win the title that year I'm pretty sure yeah um, yeah they were but yeah that was the Dirk's MVP year I think but yeah oh look at me act like I fucking know anything um <laughs> but it's yeah it's because it, again like I what I always think about is like in hockey it took years but now so many teams I think it's like almost. I want to say like six or seven teams have come back from being down 0 and three and yeah, NBA yeah. team still has never done that. No, nope, there's never, never been never. an NBA team in playoff history. Come back. Oh, down 0 three. So, uh, I'm very much excited to see the day that happens. Cause it's going to happen eventually. Uh, yep. and, and NHL again, I know nobody fucking cares about hockey, but I mean, uh, the Los Angeles Kings, they won as an eight seed, uh, yeah. in 2011, I believe that was. So it's like, that's kind of nuts. For a team to win, like I, I, that's like, could you imagine this year? Uh, you know, the New Orleans Pelicans squeak in the play-in, and then uh, we see them win the championship. Zion, I mean, that, that it would yeah, be it's nuts. It just, it, just yeah. doesn't happen in the NBA. There's just, no. it's, it's, uh, it's like you the said, blue collar league. So it's so cut and dry, and yeah, not, not a lot of upsets. Yeah, that really shocked me too to think yeah. that the Mavs in in 2011 were the second most like underdog <laughs> uh, story, yeah. like. Uh, a team you know with an all-time great so yeah it's it's insane the 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 nba it's uh it's it's much different than the you know march madness when you know for sure any team can can go and win you it's it's mostly one and two seeds man so yeah lakers and uh nets uh good luck hey with your uh pursuit of uh, a championship lebron's always looking for new accolades man it's true go down oh three in the first round come back and win it as the eight seed lowest seed to ever win it and he'll he'll do it at the 10 seed of the play-in you heard it here first. Okay. Um, okay. So uh, we we mentioned John Morant too. He's having he's in his third season this year, having obviously an incre- incredible year, uh, scoring the ball twenty six uh, and a half points per game. Um, so can you tell me throughout NBA history, uh, there's only been two third year point guards to average thirty points per game or more. So okay. Jaws at twenty six. Um, and this is all NBA history. It's point guards in their third season. Um, and yeah, the only two have ever averaged 30 or more. Can you name either of them? You got one point for each right answer. I'm just going to go quick. Not even think of it. Just go off the cuff. Allen Iverson and Oscar Robertson. Really, actually really close. Allen Iverson's right. So you got one point. Other guys, Nate Archibald. Oh, and that was who was between. (laughs) Ah, come on, Matt, be better. Ah. You gotta Come be better, on. Come on, oh. man. Well, I knew AI right away. I knew AI. Yeah, no, he he, was a, he, he, yeah. he's the no-brainer, yeah. But that, that's <laughs> like, that, oh, yeah, I was literally, I was thinking, again, the, uh, the reason I knew that, was thinking of that, was because of that Trey Young stat that I used yeah, in our yeah, All-Star yeah. special uh, of uh, players that, you know, had averaged whatever it was, 28, uh, 28 and 9 in a season. Yeah. And I know that they were both around that 30-point mark. Oh, yeah, yeah, man, that's that yeah. burns. That burns my ass. But I'm I'm glad I at least got one. I got one. And and Nate Archibald was the the highest. He, Thirty four yes. points per game in his his third Tiny, NBA season. Insane, uh, unbelievable. And and AI was like thirty point seven or something. Also yeah. freaking insane. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, shows what kind of uh, company Jaw is in. I think there was a couple more guys. Uh, like I think Luca even had uh, uh, uh one of the best. You know, within the yeah. top five of scoring yeah. in his third third year as technically a point guard, even though he's 
I don't think he's as quite as much of a, you know, you sure, can't yeah. classify him as cleanly, but yeah, Jaw's having obviously uh insane year, historic. Um so yeah, shout, shout out Jaw for sure. Um so what what have we got? We got two next. What do you got, Matt? You got two points on the I board? I got two. Okay. I think I got two. That's not horrible. You're giving me so, a lot of chances here. I I am. I am. I'm getting little many points at Palooza here. Too. Yeah, yeah. Um so uh we we talked about Luca's uh 50-point game the other day. Uh and that's his only 50-point game. Uh, which I was kind of surprised uh, to hear. I thought maybe he had another one, but uh, that that was his first fifty point game. Um, and he is, I think, twenty two years old and a- mm-hmm. almost twenty three. He's he's approaching twenty three. But uh, there have been four players in NBA history who have had multiple fifty point games under the age of twenty three. They're twenty three and under. So Luca falls in that category, but he only has one. But there have been four players with two or more. So. You get a right answer for, uh, you know, if you if you pick the guy, and then a bonus point if you tell me how many 50-point games they had. Okay, so four players you're looking for here? Yeah, four players, multiple 50-point games, under the age of 23. <sighs> I'm going to... Oh, man, I, I, I think that that's wrong. I'm going to go LeBron with two. You, get a, you definitely get a point for LeBron. It was three. Oh, okay. Three games. Okay. Okay. I'll take that. Yep. My heart wants to go Kobe, but there's no. I don't think that those times with Shaq, there's going to be a lot of times he's dropping fifty. So I'm not even going to say Kobe. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'll respect that. Um, I'm going to go Kevin Durant with two. Nope. Not on the list. Not on the list. Okay. No. Nope. I'm going to go Allen Iverson with three. Also not on the list. Jeez. We're going. Where is it? Uh, it's probably an old guy, isn't it? Any, any time, any player. Anytime, yeah. Okay, well, oh, how old was but he? I'll have give been? you a hint. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a hint. It's not like. It's not sixties. Okay, like, it's okay, not okay, like okay. the old old guys. But fifty points is a lot of points to be dropping here. Oh man! Oh man! Oh. I'm gonna go. Oh, cause I, the scores were just so much lower, and the, the I I want to like I was thinking like Kareem, I was thinking Shaq, um, like I I, I want to go a big man, like I was even thinking Wilt before you said not sixties because I was like, but even then, like he probably I don't think he got into the league till he was about twenty three. Oh man, yeah, that's, last that's one. the thing. Like all the all the good scores, a lot of them played a lot in college. You know. I mean, I'm just going to, I'm going to go with the obvious guy. I'm going to go Michael Jordan three, uh, three times. Nope. Nope. You got LeBron. LeBron had three. Um, Kyrie had two. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I remember he had, I mean, I thought, never mind. I think that was later. That was before he would have been 23, but yeah, go on. Devin Booker has three. I guess he had the 70 point game. Yep. And, uh, you know, one of the weirdest superstars ever, Rick Barry, seven. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, great score. Yeah, sure, game. sure. Um, and, uh, yeah, that, that one kind of surprised me, too, because I would have guessed someone like Durant also, like other other scores. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, these, I, I guess, you know, with when you take into account time played in college and then, you know, your rookie year, you yeah. usually don't score a 50-piece. Then, you know, pre, you're, you're pretty Unless much you're Brandon already. Yeah, exactly. He came up. He was uh, uh, one of the players with one. There's yeah. a lot of guys who had one. Yeah. But uh yeah, I was I was a little surprised to see Kyrie and Booker on there specifically, but uh mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. the shout out the legend Rick Barry with seven. That's uh you know, yeah, doubles up uh you know, Booker and LeBron. Uh, All doing the granny style. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Um, okay, last one here, Matt. You you got to get this one. Come on. Actually, this is hey. going to be the kind of impossible one. This is the well. The hey, one I, I, I want to find the, the odds. I want to yeah. find the odds. Here we go. Yeah, you, you, you can. Def- you've got a chance here. Um, so. Uh, we talked about Russell Westbrook. I had to throw a rest question in here. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a little bit of a backhanded trivia question, Russell Westbrook. I'm I'm sorry uh, <sighs> in advance. Uh, sorry. I know we've got a bad bad relationship already, but yeah, he's um, not going to ever come on the podcast. I had to do it with it. Come on, man. He he might just just to like maybe to us, beat the us. shit out of us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which he could do. For the record, yeah, we on. talk a lot of shit, but he would beat the shit right out of us. Oh oh, for sure for sure. Okay, but so uh, Russell Westbrook. As of right now, another interesting uh, kind of stat or stat right at this moment. He's played 999 uh, NBA games, mm. so his next game is a, a thousandth game. C- congrats, Russell. Congrats to Russ. Um, but let uh, me be the first you... to say congratulations. <laughs> but can you tell me how many of those 999 games Russell Westbrook has had a game? How many games of those 999 games has he had four or more turnovers? And if you are within 10, I will give it to you because uh, I'm a nice guy. 750. Is that your final answer? That's my final answer. 581. Okay, I overshot it. But I was like, you know (laughs) what? Honestly, for real, in like pretty much my entire time watching him play, he's always had (laughs) over three or four every game. So I was like, that's still nuts. That's over 50%. 58%, almost 60% of his games have four or more turnovers. Uh, you know, which is, yeah, over half of his career. Most nights, uh, statistically speaking, he's going to give you four or more turnovers. That's the Russell Westbrook experience. Just beautiful. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful basketball. Hope all, all you <laughs> Lakers fans are happy out there. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Good uh, way to end it. Hey, my trivia performance. You you gave me some nice, uh, some, you, uh, you gave me some chances there. I'll take, I think, three points I had. Uh, yeah, you, that's not horrible. You got on the board. Yeah, that's not horrible at all. Um. But yeah, it's uh, it, it was another great time sitting down with you for trivia, Jordan. Hopefully, this time I will uh, I'll, I'll be better. Uh, but for everybody, we we kind of teased this leading up to the podcast. Uh, you know, as we began this one and we ended uh last week on Friday. Uh, yeah. we'd like to finally announce we have a Wednesday special coming up. I'm sure you guys were able to piece that together. We know we have a smart audience. Uh. <laughs> But uh, in honor uh, and to look forward to the NBA All Star Weekend and the NBA Dunk Contest, uh, we yeah. have the uh, we had the honor to have uh, NBA Dunk Contest coach Chuck Milan. Uh, you may also know him as the CEO of Team Flight Brothers, uh, one of the the true trailblazers in the the dunking world and dunk culture. The big big dog of the, the big dunk dog world. of the dunk about? world. Yeah, exactly. So you, you guys are gonna want to check that out. Great dude and a great interview, and you get to find out yeah. that one of us. Actually, might be able to be a pro dunker if we really put yeah. our minds to it. You'll be able to find it out, and that the answer may shock you. Um, uh, it, uh, I don't think it will, <laughs> but uh, yeah. And uh, he, we 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 got a great conversation. We talked about you know this year's dunk contest, kind of past yep. dunk contest. Well, you know how how Chuck got into the whole dunking thing. Uh, yeah, su- such such a great guy, and uh, can't wait to to share it with you guys because uh, it's, it's our first guest too, Matt. Yeah, we, we've got a guest on this. Podcast. Exactly exactly so there's a little big dog yeah and there's a little big dog screaming in the background so uh (laughs) i i I mean everybody as this dog won't shut the fuck up (laughs) at big dog ball talk you're gonna want to follow us instagram twitter you already know what it is and uh you know reach out to us we're trying to get that in there we want to get you guys input in here we want to hear from you uh at big dog ball talk uh and again it's been matt acorn with jordan flegel and as my friend jordan always says 
Don't don't take betting advice from me, man. I don't know if you or watched uh, the uh, I don't know if you watched How I Met Your Mother, but there's a Super mm-hmm. Bowl episode. Barney Stinson uh, bet on the Super Bowl, and he he, he said something like, "I he, he said he lost every single prop bet that he made." And that's yeah, how I yeah, felt tonight, yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, everything like I was telling you off camera before. Cam Akers to score the first touchdown. No, that was OBJ. Uh, I bet Cincy to win in so many different fucking fantasy pools and everything, sure. but uh, I, I got my ass whipped. I don't think I, I made a single single dime uh, tonight, so don't listen to me. It's a, it's a bad night to, uh, to, to to be a Cincinnati uh, uh, fan. It's uh, It hurts. It hurts. And you, even, you even lost five bucks to me. Now you're at rock bottom, man. I, I am. I am.